0: <laughs> and laughs Theater of the Mind The best love programs from radio's golden age Only on Zoomer Radio Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor Thank you,
1: and welcome to the show Well, let's start out tonight with Fibber McGee and Molly If you've ever tried to have a tooth pulled via a doorknob you're going to love the show tonight.
2: The Johnson Wax Program. The makers of Johnson's wax and Johnson's self polishing Coat present Marion and Jim Jordan as Fibber, McGee, and Molly with Donald Novice, the Four Notes, and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with Don't Ever Leave Me. attention. If you had a chance to trade a dirty, discolored automobile for a beautiful shining car that your family would be proud to ride in, you'd make the trade in a hurry, wouldn't you? Well, do you know that if your car is now foggy, streaked, and neglected looking, you can, within an hour, change its appearance completely so that the finish will shine like a mirror? Now, all this is possible if you use Johnson's Car New, a remarkable new type auto polish that both cleans and wax polishes your car with one application. Johnson's Car New takes the work out of polishing automobiles just as Johnson's self-polishing glow coat has taken the work out of polishing floors. With Car New, the complete job takes less time and effort than was formerly required for the cleaning process alone. The results are almost miraculous. Although Car New has been on the market only a few months, thousands of car owners will tell you that this double-action cleaner and wax polish is the easiest, most satisfactory product they have ever used. Women can wax polish their cars alone with this easy-to-apply liquid polish which requires no hard rubbing. Carnu dries quickly to a white powder. Wipe off the powder, and all the dirt and road film disappear. Your car takes on a dazzling brilliance that will make you exclaim why your car looks like new when you use Carnu. C-A-R-N-U. Johnson's Carnu. Buy it where automobile supplies are sold or at your regular wax dealers. the papers are full of track meets, Olympic candidates, and other sporting news. But Fibber is staying home with a little oral athletic event of his own, a jumping toothache. And here in the living room at 79 Wistful Vista, we find a derelict of dental devastation soothed by a sympathetic spouse, Fibber McGee and Molly.
3: poor dear.
4: Is my face any more swole, Molly?
3: (laughs) It certainly is on one side. You look like a composite photograph of Laurel and Hardy. (laughs)
4: Believe me, if I'm Hardy enough to last through the day with this toothache, I can rest on my laurels. (laughs) Ouch! That rat affair goes again.
3: Now look, McGee, you've either got to make up your mind to go to the dentist or do something else.
4: Oh, okay. Okay what? Let's do something else (laughs) Come in
3: Did somebody knock?
4: No, but they're going to This tooth has got me so sensitive I anticipate things
5: (laughs) You see? Come in Mr. Benny?
3: No, this is Tuesday
5: Oh, darn it, I must have overslept (laughs) (laughs)
4: You've overslept How does my face look now, Molly?
3: Well, to be sympathetic, not so bad. But to be frank, it's terrible. Oh. Listen, McGee, remember how people used to put a string around a loose tooth and tie it to the (laughs) doorknob?
4: Oh, yeah, but hey, you ain't going to do that to me, are you?
3: Well, it seems to be a choice between the doorknob or the dentist.
4: (sighs) Okay, I'll take the doorknob. The dentist is definite, but the string might slip. (laughs) Go ahead, there's some string in that drawer.
3: Heavenly days, look at this drawer. Looks like a tornado in a ten cent store. Fishing tackle, pipe cleaners, dominoes, bicycle clips. Hmm.
4: Is that where them bicycle clips are? I've been looking for them since 1912.
3: <laughs> Ow! Now, be brave, dearie. It won't be long now. Here's the string. Now, open your mou- mouth wide. I want a room to tie a nice bow knot.
4: A bow knot on my
3: tooth? Yes. I want it to look neat if anybody should come in. Oh. <laughs> there, now. You sit in that chair and make yourself comfortable while I tie the other end to the doorknob. now.
6: Oh. There, now. Oh, d- d- don't, don't come in. Don't come in. There's nobody oh, home. Oh,
3: for goodness sakes, McGee, you can't put it off forever. You ought to be glad there was no suspense. Now, brace yourself, dearie.
4: Okay.
3: Come in.
7: Oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
4: Is my tooth out, Molly?
3: No, dearie. It pulled the knob off the door. <laughs> what was it you wanted, sir? Oh,
1: would you be interested? Would you be interested? I'm taking subscription. I'm... T- I'm working my way through the universe... Do you need any magus... Mag Do you take time?
3: <laughs> <laughs> time for what?
1: I'm referring to the public... To the public... To the... P- you see, we're having a sales company A sales company Well, how about colliers?
4: <laughs> no, thanks, bud I got a bad eye tooth And I can't read Well
1: <laughs> oh well, what well, Just you this you? week we're, we're featuring a combination A combination This offer is so spectacular Spectacular It's so pe- spectacular Say, excuse me, brother But there's a piece of string Hanging out of Hanging out. There's a piece of string Hanging out. Hey, lady, you got them hooked Why don't you pull them in? <laughs>
4: He's got a string on his own team. <laughs> with slipknots.
3: Well, as long as the doorknob idea didn't work, Mickey, you gotta go to the dentist. Uh, Let's go down and see Doctor Gildersleeve. Oh,
4: not that Gildersleeve. Why,
3: he's a very good dentist. We used to go to school with him, remember? Yeah. <laughs> I think you don't like him because he used to have a crush on me
4: <laughs> I've outgrew that, but I never did like that I wouldn't let him fill a tooth in my pocket comb <laughs> I ain't going
3: You're not? No What? Uh, shall we walk
4: or take the car?
3: <laughs> we'll walk, the fresh air will do you good, Dee Come on now oh,
4: Okay Sweep them leaves off this porch Near there, Molly.
3: Yes, dearie. Do you feel any better now?
4: Oh no! Every step I take, I get a sharp, shooting pain in that tooth.
3: Oh heavenly days! Here, open your mouth, McGee. Oh. There now, is that better? Oh boy,
1: I'll say it is. What'd you do?
3: I took the string off. You've been dragging that doorknob for two blocks. <laughs>
6: You're as sweet as the red rose in June, dear. I love you, adore you, I do. Each night through love land we wander, sweetheart. sky, a dark cloud came rolling.
4: Folks, that was Donald Novus singing The One Rose. Beautiful song, too, Don. Didn't you think so, Molly?
3: I certainly did, Mr. Novus. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, thanks. But say, folks, did you ever hear how that song came to be written? The One Rose? No, I don't believe so, Don. How? Well, down
2: in Tin Pan Alley, one composer got jealous of another composer and put a firecracker under his piano stool.
3: Uh-huh. Well, uh, what happened?
2: The One Rose. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, see you
6: later, folks. <laughs> The one road.
4: <laughs> well, after a bloomer like that.
3: <laughs> Ouch.
4: That red there it goes away.
3: Why, again. Mr. McGee, what seems to be the matter? Oh, how do you do, Mrs. Uppington? Oh, how do you do, Mrs. McGee? And Mr. McGee? Oh, hi, Uppy.
7: <laughs>
8: <laughs> do you realize that your
3: face is horribly swollen, Mr. McGee? Uh, yes, I think he's noticed it, Mrs. Uppington, haven't
7: you, Dear?
4: Oh, yes. I, I saw it in a mirror this morning. <laughs> So I looks at it, and I says to it, I says, mirror, mirror on the wall, do you think this dad-ratted swelling will be gone before fall?
3: Oh, my, how ridiculous. Oh, so too. (laughs) Oh, but really, Mr. McGee, you should do something about that face of yours immediately. (laughs) That's
4: a coincidence, Uppy. The the first time I met you, I says the very same... (laughs) McGee! He's
3: got a bad toothache, Mrs. Uppington. We're on our way to the dentist. Oh, oh, I see. But confidentially, I am rather superstitious about mirrors myself. <laughs> they do tell the truth about yourself. And now, for instance, Mr. McGee, look at this one in my handbag. Huh? Does this one say anything to you? Well, it's kind of cracked, Guppy. <laughs> yes, isn't it? <laughs> And he walked right into that one,
4: dearie (laughs) You know, sometimes I wonder if Uppy ain't a little smarter than she looks And then again, I realize she'd almost have to be
6: (laughs) Whoa there, Johnstown Whoa there, Johnny Hello, daughter Know where I can find a good dentist?
4: (laughs) There's several right down in the middle of the block, old-timer I'm on my way to one myself Much
6: obliged Johnstown's here got a bad wisdom tooth.
3: Oh, you mean that mule? You're taking him to the dentist?
6: Hey! Really? She
4: says you can't take a mule to a dentist's office. The proper place for mules is behind the plow or under the bed.
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's pretty good, Johnny. And that's just about the way I heard it. <laughs> Only the way I heard it, a fella named McGee says to me, See, he says, You can't take a mule to a dentist. Why not, says I,
4: taking a burr out of his tail. He wouldn't have neglected his teeth if he hadn't have been
3: a jackass. Well, that's an awfully funny-looking mule, Mr. Oldtimer. His left shoulder's a little high.
6: Yep, he, he's a California mule. Very unusual wither. Oh. <laughs> Come on, Johnstone. Johnstone's a good mule.
4: Silly business. Imagine that, taking a mule to a dentist.
3: Oh, so I'm acting silly, am I?
4: Oh, I didn't mean you. I'm say, do you mean me?
3: <laughs> Come on, McGee. Here's Doctor Gildersleeve's office
4: he gets this over with quick.
3: So do I. What's that magazine there, McGee? This one? Yes.
4: Leslie's Weekly of April 10th, 1911.
3: Oh. Give me that one over there.
4: Hello there,
2: folks. Say, have I got great news for you.
3: What is it, Mr. Wilcox?
2: Has peace broken out in Europe? (laughs) <laughs> no, no, but listen I was telling the dentist Next door all about Carnew You know that new Johnson auto polish That takes almost No effort to use Oh, yes, we know, Harlow We got the same sponsor, remember?
3: <laughs> <laughs> what about it, Mr. Wilcox?
2: Well, I was telling this dentist How Carnew would give His dingy old automobile A gorgeous, glittering Sales room appearance How all he has to do Is apply it to the clean surface And let it dry And wipe it off And presto oh. His car looks so high hat He's afraid to drive Under a viaduct Oh, my Well, of course, being a dentist He appreciated the the value of a product like Carnu that would clean and polish in one operation. Ain't he wonderful, folks? We had to train him to do that without gesture so he wouldn't knock himself out.
3: <laughs> but, uh, Mr. Wilcox, what's so unusual in telling a dentist about Johnson's Carnu?
2: Why don't you get it? It's the old story. Man bites dog. Patient gives dentist wax impression. Is that terrific or is that terrific? Wow.
4: gives dentist wax impression. What old Harlow needs is a pivot, too. All his conversation revolves around Johnson's wax.
6: <laughs> Ouch! That
4: reddit there it goes again.
3: Well, I don't imagine we'll have to wait long.
4: No, there's nobody ahead of us.
3: i bet you
8: there is, I bet
4: you. Oh, hi there, little girl.
8: Oh, are you waiting to see the dentist, little girl? What? Mm-hmm.
4: Are you waiting to see the dentist?
8: No, I've seen one. Oh. He wears a white apron like a butcher. Oh. <laughs>
4: Please, sis That that ain't a very pleasant picture You're drawing for me
8: I'm not drawing a picture, I bet you I'm just sitting here
4: Oh, Oh, you are, huh? (laughs) (laughs)
8: Hmm?
4: She's kind of young for dental trouble, ain't she, Molly? Yeah What seems to be your trouble, sis? I hope you ain't been eating too much candy Why? Well, it ain't good for you It's all that rich stuff Rich stuff that ruins your teeth when you're young Remember that
8: Well, gee, I bet you...
4: (laughs) I says you better take good care of your teeth while you're little or you're liable to lose them. Premature. Um, Don't you believe me?
8: Definitely No. Dental decay is not necessarily and arbitrarily due to the consumption of foods high in caloric values, although undoubtedly there is a definite connection between dietary deficiencies and oral hygiene. It is my personal belief that hereditary factors are far more important, or, in other words, if you're a guy with bum teeth, so's your old man. <laughs>
4: You baby, hooray for sunshine, hooray for air. They put the permanent in your curly hair, they helped to raise you till I could praise you, baby. Baby, bless the summer that freckled your nose, those galoshes shoveled your toes. Bless the fellow who taught you to kiss. If you taught you to kiss
7: like this, hooray, oh, hooray for spinach, who took you far.
9: And each candy bar They helped you grow up Till I could show up And love you as you are Rape for spinach Took you far Bless all the nourishment in each candy bar They helped you grow up Till I could show up And love you as you are Ooh, for spinach
7: For
4: life. That was the four note singing Hooray for Spinach, garnished with a few hard-boiled eggs laid by or er, led by Billy Mills. <laughs> Very commendable, kids. Hey, Molly, if Doc Gildersleeve
5: don't call us pretty soon, I'm gonna... Oh there, Molly. Oh. Hello, McGee. Hi. Nice to see you. Step right in.
3: Well, thank you, doctor. McGee has a tooth that's bothering
5: him. Yeah. Yes, bad-looking face there. Oh. Sit right in the chair here, McGee. Okay. Now, lift your chin while I put this bib on you. Oh, I don't believe I could eat anything right now, doc. (laughs) Quiet, McGee.
3: My, the doctor knows what he's doing. Take a good look at that tooth, doctor. I think maybe it's ulcerated.
5: Certainly, Molly, certainly. <laughs> Which one is it, McGee?
6: Wow! No!
5: That's it, all right. Oh. Looks very bad, too. I- I'm afraid I'll have to give you gas. Oh, gas.
3: Man bites dog again. Somebody gives McGee gas. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Have I got to take gas, Doc? Ain't you got any other anesthetics? Oh, several, McGee. Cocaine, Novocaine, Monocaine, Coppercaine, Librecaine, and Ambracaine. Well,
3: take your choice, McGee. The cane you ring is the cane you get. (laughs) (laughs) Listen,
5: you two, lay off the vaudeville.
4: Go ahead, Doc. Give me Novocaine. Give me Sugarcane. Give me gas. But give me. Get that tooth out of there. And don't hurt any more than you have to. Just remember, Doc, remember our boyhood
5: friendship and take it gentle. Ah, yes, the good old days. Public school 14. Yeah. I I had quite a crush on you in those days, Molly. Oh, now, Wilbur.
3: (laughs) I mean, Dr. Gildersleeve. You didn't, really.
5: Oh, yes, I did. Don't you remember that big valentine I sent you? No. It was two feet across, covered with lace and filled with bonbons. (laughs) Oh. Oh, I was so bashful I was even afraid to sign my name to it.
3: Well, was that from you, Wilbur? McGee said he sent that.
7: Oh.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, he would. (laughs) Well, I guess all's fair in love and war, Molly. Between you and me, it was love. Between Fever and me, it was war.
7: <laughs>
3: I remember. And say, will you ever forget the time Listen, we went on? Folks,
5: the... I hate to take
4: the dew off your beautiful forget-me-nots, but could you spare a thought for a poor, suffering fugitive from a forceps?
5: <laughs> Excuse me, McGee. I'll get right at it. Okay. Now just lean back and take it easy. I'll lean back. You take it easy. Now put this mask over your face and breathe deeply. Oh.
3: Is that for the gas, Doctor?
5: Yes, I'll give him nitrous oxide. Although, for actors, I usually give mustard gas. It goes well with the ham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't Quiet, McGee. Now breathe deeply. I'll turn on the gas.
3: Oh, will it hurt him, Doctor? Oh,
5: he'll never know what's happening. You know, Molly, I often oh, think of those old days yeah. in the little red schoolhouse. Do you remember Miss Faditch, our old school teacher? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh you I mean the one to... that. Oh, listen,
3: <laughs> Doctor, listen.
5: Uh, gotta hurry. Don't want to be late for school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's dreaming. Oh. You he heard us mention the old school days. People under gas are very impressionable.
4: Oh, oh. I want to get there before. Oh for <laughs> Got a great trick I'm going to play on Wilbur Force Gildersleeve. <laughs> Never know who done it either.
5: <laughs> oh. All right
6: children, school is dismissed. Ah!
4: Hey, Molly, can I carry your books?
7: Sure you can,
8: Sneaky McGee. But don't let the teacher see you. She'd paint if she saw you with a book in your hand. Now, <laughs> oh, boy, Wilbur!
6: Wilbur! Wilbur Gildersleeve, you come right back here. Oh, me, Miss Dutch. What for? You know very well what for, young man. You march right in here.
8: Oh, oh you to get
6: boy, a
8: whip, my yeah. <laughs> Faith, and it looks like Wilbur's playing in hard luck now. Did you see the picture of Miss Fidichie was after drawing on the blackboard? Sure, Molly,
6: but he's being a darn foolhardy for signing his own name to it,
8: I
4: think is. Don't you, stinky pores? Hey, listen, kids... <laughs> Listen, kids,
2: I drew that picture myself and signed his name to it. Uh, yeah, some joke, <laughs> huh? <laughs> gee, I wish teacher hadn't kept him after school. She promised me I could polish all the desks.
8: Faith, uh, and you're always wanting to be polishing something, Harlow.
2: <laughs> well, I like to polish things, gee. Hey, Stinky, what you got on? A badge.
8: And what's the lettering on it say now? Here, <laughs> read it. Twenty-three skidoo. I love my wife, but all oh, you kids. Uh, <laughs> ah, uh, Faison, it's a lot of nonsense I'm having a badge of two kids And it is saying I need a very good joke Chicken inspector <laughs>
4: <laughs> Hey, you want to wear my badge, Molly? Uh,
8: sure, Stinky And would you be coming over to my house tonight For a bit of run, sheep run? <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, I can't Dad rat it Got to chop some wood and bring in some coal and haul out the ashes and all stuff like that there.
6: <laughs>
2: Fever's got a girl. Fever's got a girl. Fever's got a girl.
8: Oh, oh I have not. Ah, uh, Faith and Stinky McGee, you just told me this morning that you like
2: me.
4: <laughs> oh, shucks.
2: Hey, who's wanting to play games at Mumbley Park? <laughs> oh, you mean Mumbley Peg. That's what I'm saying. Mumblety, Margus. it It is a
6: <laughs> oh. big game. Oh, Oh! 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 Now, let that be a lesson to you, Master
3: Gildersleeve.
6: Oh! The idea of drawing that terrible picture of me! You should be ashamed! I didn't do it, I tell you, I didn't. Somebody else did it and signed my name to it. Ah, tell it to Sweeney. Ah,
7: sure
8: enough, an idea. Do your drawn standing up now for a while. We'll oh,
6: yeah. <laughs> All right, one of you fellas do that picture and I'll find out who did it. I'll get even oh, one yeah. of these days. You'll see him I oh, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 Look, doctor, he's coming out of it. He must have been dreaming about something amusing. Look at him smile.
4: Wilbur is a cry, baby. Wilbur is a
3: cry. <laughs> McGee, McGee. Snap out of it, dearie. The doctor's all through now.
5: All right, McGee. Sit up. Uh, what the, Where? Oh, oh, hi, Molly. Oh, where, where am I?
3: Well, don't you remember, dearie? In Dr. Gildersleeve's office. Little Wilbur Gildersleeve that we went to school with. Oh, Oh,
5: yeah How do you feel now, dearie? Oh, all right By the way, McGee You remember that picture you drew on the blackboard? That uh, gag you pulled on me? Oh, yeah Well, I just got even Huh? I just pulled all your teeth Why, you never
4: know such a thing Why, he did Oh, sure <laughs> I still think Gildersleeve ain't much of a dentist, Molly.
3: Well, I don't know, McGee. He did some beautiful work for Aunt Sarah.
4: Oh, he did, huh? What was her trouble? (laughs) Her sweet tooth. Oh,
3: her sweet tooth. Yes, she saw some French pastry one night and her mouth watered so fast it washed out two bridges.
4: (laughs) Folks, speaking of playing tricks with the Ivories, we're delighted to announce that next week we'll have as our guest that brilliant musical humorist, the star of our summer show... Mr. Alec Templeton, and don't miss him. Good night.
3: Good night, all.
2: This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self Polishing Glow Coat, Racine, Wisconsin, inviting you all to be with us again next year tonight at this same time. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company.
1: Stay tuned for Lights Out next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for some really scary radio as I take you back to 1943 and Lights Out. In the episode, he dug it up.
10: Ironized Yeast presents Lights Out,
11: Everybody.
9: It is later than you think.
1: This is Arch Obler with quite a cold. The idea for tonight's story, the strange story of He Dug It Up, came to me a few years ago when I was in England, pre-war England. I lived in a hotel overlooking a peaceful garden, and looking down into that bit of quiet, I, I strangely thought of death. But first, Frank Martin
10: with a word. If you're thin and jittery, run down and always tired, If you envy your peppy, popular, successful friends and wonder what they've got that you haven't got, why, maybe it's only more vitamin B and iron. Yes, today's thousands may suffer from deficiencies of these vital substances. Yet when you need them, there's such an easy way to get more of them. Simply take ironized yeast tablets. They're the famous two-way tonic that gives you both vitamin B and iron. So when you need them, ironized yeast helps two ways to Step up your weight and pep and sparkle, your enjoyment of life. Jot that name down now. Iron Eyes Yeast Tablets.
11: And now lights out everybody.
9: Uh, it is a nice day. <laughs> Yes, I agree with you, Mr. Sparrow. It's as nice a day as I, too, have ever seen. <laughs> I remember a day like this when I was about twelve. Mother took me into London to see the King's Palace. There, yes, that was Edward. And I had on a green suit and that. I... <laughs> but that wouldn't interest you now, would it, Mr. Sparrow? Funny, I never went back. Less than a hundred miles away, and I. Good morning, Mr.
12: Jeffrey.
9: Uh, Oh, oh, good morning, Mr. Elkington.
12: Hello, Mr. Jeffrey. Oh, kind of late in the season to be planting now, ain't it?
9: Oh, I I wouldn't exactly say that, Mr. Elkington. Not for what I'm planting.
12: Now, what would that be, might I be asking? A tree, my friend. Oh.
9: A nice, strong catape tree. My son sent it to me all the way from Exeter.
12: You don't say, a tarpa Tree. Well, now. I say, could I be giving you a hand with that shovel, Mr. Jeffrey? No,
9: no, 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 thank you kindly. I like to dig in the soil, and the exercise does me good. Thank you kindly. Oh, oh.
12: well, then I'll be off on my business, Mr. Jeffrey. Good a morning to good
9: you. Morning, good morning, Mr. Harkington. Good morning. Well, it is a good morning. <laughs> yeah. The rain certainly softened you up, didn't they, Mr. Crown? Nice and soft. Nice and soft. (laughs) Going to dig you a nice deep hole, Mr. Catawba. Ah. Nice deep hole, so that your roots will have a good, firm start in life. Yes, indeed. Ah. Well. That's not the way to act, Mr. Crown, throwing big boulders in the way of my shovel. Mm. Uh, Mighty big stone, too, from the sound of it. Uh, uh, Dig you up, Mr. Boulder? It takes me a week, yes, indeed. Uh, Big stone, all right after it, that's all. (laughs) Buried all these years in the corner of my garden and I never knew about you now, did I? There. There, that's showing results. Hmm. Yeah. Like an oblong. That's queer. Big flat oblong stone in my garden. Pick you up that's what I'll do. Take you up, yes, indeed. Oh, Mrs. Gracie, Mrs. Gracie. Yes,
12: what
9: is it? Mrs. Gracie, come out here. You've got to come out.
12: All right, all right. Now, what in creation is it, Mister Jeffrey?
9: Mrs. Gracie, look, look.
12: Land sakes alive! What kind of a hole for a tree is that? Don't see why in the world. You... Look,
9: I tell you. Yes. Is it a coffin? Coffin? That size and apple of stone? Then what would a coffin be doing in my garden?
12: I never heard of anyone being buried here. It's much too big. Mr.
9: Gracie, I got it. What? Roman. The Romans left it here. Romans? Don't you understand? The Romans, the Romans, invaded and lived in Britain over 1,500 years ago.
12: They left it here. Nobody like that lived round here and. Don't you tell me anything different, Mr. Jeffrey. But I am telling you, a Roman Now, Mr. Jeffrey. Oh, never
9: mind. Mr. Robinson, uh, run over and get Mr. Robinson here. Tell him to bring a couple of men. We've got to dig this thing up.
12: We've got to <clears throat> dig it up? Mr. Jeffrey, it's the sun. that struck your head. Now, don't stand
9: there lecturing me. Mr. Robinson, hurry, get him. No,
12: no, I won't. What? Not you, to you... dig it up, I won't. To bury it deeper, yes, but not to dig it up. Mrs. Coffin or one of them heathen, whatever you call it, it makes no difference. If it's been buried here all these years, then I say cover it over and let it be. There's some things best left deep under the ground.
9: All right, men. Are you ready with the ropes? Uh, ready, Mr. ready. ready. Right, you are. How about you, Joe? All ready, Mr. Robinson. Good. Now, when I give the signal, one, two, three, you on that side of the rope pull, while you on the other side work on the block and tackle. One... Two and up on three. Have you got it? Oh, uh, uh, Mr. Robertson, you will be careful. I, I mean not to damage. Now, look mean, here, please. friend Jeffrey. I've been in the building and excavating trade and constable of this township for 20 years. Yes, and all that time, I've given only one thing, that yes, and that's satisfaction. Now, as for this little stone container... Little right? Judas Priestman is ten foot by three, and heaven knows how heavy. Well, true as that may be, to my way of thinking, it's still a small job. If you're worried about my damaging it, you're free to call in one oh, of my no, competitors. No, 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 Mr. Robinson, I want you to handle the matter. Oh, yes, yes. Please. All yes. right, then stay clear and I'll give the order. Hey, now, wait, wait. If you please, Mr. Robinson, wait. Eh? Yeah. That housekeeper of mine, Mrs. Gracie. Hmm? She wouldn't want to, miss Mr. Doings, and I don't know where she's gone off to. If, if no, you'd only wait. Mr. Jeffrey, I'm a busy man, so if you'll just stand aside. Uh, no, All right, men. Ready. Now don't pull till I get the signal. Now, we want one, two. Three, up with it, up, easy there Joe, single drops over the left. Up with it! Up with it! Uh, uh, steady there! Not too fast, you fool! Sam, you're ready to put on it Easy now, do No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't swing it too high. Not too high. Are you Dad? Not too high? or is no, it? No, no. Put it back in the ground.
12: Put it back in the ground, I tell you. Mrs.
9: Gracie, what in the way? Put it back in
12: the ground. In the ground Miss... it was, and in the ground it belongs. Mr. Jeffrey, I'm warning you. Get out of the way. Jeffrey, get that woman out of the way. In the ground. Mrs. Gracie,
9: are you crazy? Crazy, crazy, old woman. Get away. My men can't hold it. The slipping. Oh, look out. Look out. Oh. Get on those roads, fools. Get on those roads. Lift, lift. Hurry now. Hurry. Mother in heaven, it fell right on top of her. Coffin fell right on top of her. Oh, Mrs. Gracie.
10: Ladies and gentlemen, I I think you'll agree when an ancient stone coffin buried for centuries in a peaceful English countryside becomes an instrument of sudden death. It's time for a deep breath and let our well-stretched imaginations move back into hope again, as we turn our thoughts to something that perhaps is your problem. Could this be you saying to your children,
11: Listen, you kids, I'm tired. This war job has got me down. Now keep quiet, you hear me? Oh, Joe,
12: don't be so cross to the children. Come eat your good supper and you'll feel better.
11: Cross? Who's cross? I'm tired, I tell you. I'm too tired to eat. I'm too tired to sleep. All I ask is a little peace, and you keep my nerves on edge with your nagging. No wonder I'm getting thin as a rail. Oh, now,
10: mister. Don't be so quick to blame your family or your job. Maybe all this to blame is vitamin B and iron shortage. You say you're thin and tired and jittery? Well, when you don't get enough vitamin B from the food you eat, you may lose your appetite. You may eat so poorly that you lose weight and lose your pet. Why, you may not even get all the good out of what you do eat. And when you don't get enough iron from your food, you may be weak and pale, feel only half alive.
11: Well, if that is my trouble, can I help it?
10: Yes, sir, I think you can. And here's the quickest, easiest way I know. Take ironized yeast tablets. They're the famous two-way tonic that gives you both vitamin B and iron. Yet they cost but a few pennies a day. And these pleasant little tablets are an absolute cinch to take. So if you simply need more vitamin B and iron, don't wait. Start taking ironized yeast tablets right away, tonight. Then see if pretty quick you aren't saying,
11: Boy, oh boy, I feel swell. Tired, jittery, not me, not put on pounds. That ironized yeast sure is great stuff.
10: Now, back to Lights Out and our story of He Dug It Up. The stone coffin has fallen, and the old housekeeper is dead.
11: Ah, it's a cruel thing, Mr. Jeffrey. Cruel indeed. Yes. Cruel and yet not cruel, for the ways of the divine providence are beyond our poor mortal understanding. Yes, I shall say that very thing over her grave when we bury the poor woman. As you wish, Reverend. Ah. <sighs> this has been. More excitement in just a few hours in this village than we've had in a dozen years. I wonder now whether... Ah, almost nine. Well, I'd better be getting back to the church. have to get everything ready for the service tomorrow. Uh, did you speak to Mr. Carboy about the coffin? Yes. That's good. We'll pay the good lady proper respect, we will. Well, I'll be on my way. Good night, Reverend. Oh, 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 one thing more, Mr. Jeffrey. Yes. Uh, I didn't want to speak of it uh, in all the excitement before, but I feel I really should. Yes, Reverend? I know you were in quite an emotional state of mind, but do you feel it was quite the proper and respectable thing to do? I mean, having that Roman antique brought right here into the house, when it, uh, inanimate thing i it be, was the direct cause of poor Mrs. Grace's death. I wanted the sarcophagus in here, Reverend. Wanted it? But what possible use could that great stone sepulcher be to you? I realize it has certain intrinsic value. After the funeral, we'll get in touch with the proper museum authorities in London and have them take care of it. But don't you see, it wasn't quite respectful of the dead, bringing the very thing in here that had caused the tragedy. Not respectful at all, Mr.
9: Jeffrey. It was what I wanted. Good night, Reverend.
11: Uh, but, Mr. Jeffrey, I... Uh, oh. Uh, good night. Uh, good night. Good night. Disrespectful.
9: Hm. No fault of Mr. Coffin that she ran under it. Call in the proper authorities. I'm proper authority in Roman things myself, I am. Read the whole Gibbon's decline and fall of the Roman Empire, didn't I? I certainly did. Here you are, Mr. Coffin just where I made them put you. And I did make them, didn't I? Ran right under you, she did. Superstitious old fool. No fault of yours, Mr. Coffin. You're a big one. Let me see. Uh, About ten feet long on this side and and four this way. Ah. It's a discovery that ought to make history that it ought. Wait for experts, should I? What would the experts do? Cart you off to one of those museums and there I'd be the man that found you with nothing but a hole in my garden and in new grave in the cemetery to show what had happened. No. Oh. I'd be my own expert, Mr. Corbett. I'll open you up myself right now. And I'll take the blame or credit and no mistake about it. Iron bar, mm. Mr. Robinson will wonder where his crowbar went. Now, won't he, Mr. Coffin? But we'll give it back to him in the morning. Yes, indeed. Yes. Got you wide open enough to look inside now, haven't I? Experts, I'll show them. Uh, uh, I can't see Matches uh, There now If you don't mind now, Mr. Coffin I'll bend over to see what you've got inside uh, you Got Got Are you there? Are you there? Uh, Reverend, uh, this is uh, Mr. Jeffrey. Yes, 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 Jeffrey. No, 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 no. Uh, Listen to me. That Roman sarcophagus, I just opened it. Inside of it, there's something, a woman, and yet, yet it isn't. I, I mean, oh, Reverend, come over quickly. You see, whatever it is, I don't think it's dead.
11: Jeffrey, you must listen to me. I'm a person of understanding, of judgment. I say, leave it alone. Don't go near the thing until they get here. Now, I phoned Dr. Thompson at the British uh, Museum. He's an expert, expert, a qualified expert.
9: Expert. There you go, experting again. Now, now, now. You, now, you shop on that side, and I'll pull on with this. Yes. There, uh, uh, that ought to fetch the lid off.
11: Well, it's all against my better judgment. All right. All right.
9: Off with it, <laughs> A sheath goes. Another shove. Open! We've got it open. Uh, Reverend, look, look at her head. Why, what? What in Satan's name is it? Lion's head. That's it—a lion's head. Uh,
11: and uh, the body of a woman. And
9: alive. She is alive. Oh, don't be a fool.
11: It, it's a heathen idol, stone.
9: No, no, it's living skin. I'll touch it.
11: I'll prove it. Oh. It is stone. A blasphemous, heathen thing. We'll cover it up, and in the morning I'll have it buried again. No, no, no. No, you won't. It's fine. Found it on my property. Oh, heaven forgive you. The blood of your poor housekeeper still staining it.
9: Staining it? What are you talking about? Mrs.
11: Grace's blood. See? It's still on it. But... But the outside
9: of the coffin fell on her. This part was closed. But it is blood. Fresh blood. Can't be, Alfie. Be... <clears throat> Mr. Jeffrey. Reverend. That woman. A minute ago I felt cold stone. And now it's warm. <clears throat>
11: Constable, can't you walk any faster? Oh, it'll wait, Reverend. Whatever it is, it'll wait. But but I tell you, he acted like a madman. Practically threw me out of the house bodily because I persisted... Now, wait
9: a minute, Reverend. Begging your pardon, wait a minute. Me, I don't know a thing about this. I'm sleeping as peaceful as a sheep in the fields when you wake
11: me up. Will you represent the law in this community? But
9: begging your pardon, I don't know that there's any representing to do. If you get what I mean. But I told yes, you... Sir, you told me that the coffin that killed poor Mrs. Gracie... He opened
11: it, I tell you. And
9: since when is that against the law? Oh, keep walking, ma'am, keep walking. Begging your pardon,
11: Reverend, I know when I'm walking. Now, now, no. here's the house. Now go in there, go in there and see for yourself. And that's just what I'm going to do, sir. You'll see, you'll see. I demand that you remove the heathen idol by force and have it buried in the ground where it belongs. I demand it. Hold
9: it, sir. Well... It's me, Mr. Jeffrey. I didn't send for you.
11: I brought him here.
9: Oh, it's you, is it? And now, Mr. Jeffrey,
11: I feel it my duty to. i begging it
9: mean, your isn't? pardon, Reverend. As long as you got me out of bed, let me do the talking, oh, if you well, don't well, mind, sir. Well. <clears throat> now, Mr. Jeffrey, I'd like a bit of an explanation. Explanation, my grandmother. <coughs> Constable. Constable,
11: slammed the door in our faces. Oh,
9: that he did, but, but what of it? He's broke no law that I know of.
11: Then come, come and see for yourself. Eh? At the window. Uh.
9: Glory be.
11: I see the thing now. It, it, it can't be alive. I don't know, I don't know. Stone, and yet it it was warm to the touch. It better not be alive. Why? Why do you say that?
9: Because, look for yourself. Mr. Jeffrey. he's cutting into her with that bit of iron. (laughs) It was good of you to come in and help me, Mr. Elkington.
12: I'm right glad to be of service, I am. We're glad to be of service. This is devilish hard rock.
9: Yes, yes, it is. But we've got to break the statue open, Mr. Elkington. We've got to.
12: If you say so.
9: Oh, the the constable and the reverend, they'll be back soon with some new ideas about getting into the house now, won't they?
12: I I suppose
9: so. They won't stop me. They won't. I've a chance to do something before I die. You make a big discovery, I tell you. They, they won't stop me. You will have the statue cut open before they get here now, won't we, Mr. We'll up- try. I will yes, try. Yes, 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 yes. Cut it open and no secret. Something that keeps that stone warm as if it were flesh. Uh, that'll be a wonderful discovery now, won't it?
12: Ah, oh, that it will.
9: Uh, yeah, faster, Mr. Elkington, faster.
12: I'll try, I'll try. <laughs> Crikey, this stone is so hard. Oh.
9: Uh, they mustn't stop us. No, 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 no. faster, Mr. Elkington. Oh. Uh, Elkington, uh, why have you stopped? It's my
12: fingers, cramped. I can't open the end.
9: Yes, I'll give it to me.
12: All right, all right.
9: Uh, got to keep working. Got to... I know the secret in you, Lionhead. That's the name I've got to give every Elkitian, Lionhead. The power that's kept the stone in you warm all these centuries. I've got to know that Lionhead, and I will know it. I have to keep working. Have Now, Reverend, Reverend, you can drive a man too far. I
11: tell you. No, Constable, uh, now we'll tell uh, you. uh, For 24 hours, you've been telling the people of this community that the law won't permit you to do this and the law won't permit you to do that. Hell, it won't. But we tell you we won't stand by and permit one of our citizens to indulge in even madness and not do something about it. Am I right, gentlemen?
9: But, But what can I do? He's in his own home, he's not committing any
11: public nuisance. We've gone over that a hundred times. The fact remains, you've got to go in there and stop him. You've got to, you've got to, you got to.
9: The hardest stone in the world. They made you up, huh? Yes.
12: Mr. Jeffrey, I'm asking you, please stop cutting into it. Because
9: please. of the warmth before any of the others know about it. Oh they stop me.
12: Hark, oh, what's that?
9: Not to keep working.
12: That sound, Mr.
9: Jeffrey. what is it? I can't talk to you, Mr. Hark. It's important
12: work. But, uh, Mr. Jeffrey, the chisel, why did you drop it? My hand.
9: Like an electric current running through the chisel. Oh, no. No, no, just... Just a weariness oh. in my muscles. Pick up the chisel... Yes. Go on. I, I, yes. I,
12: I think I'm going now, no, Mr. No, Jeffrey. No, no, no. You stay where you are. No, i you, you stay till
9: you stay there. If I lock the door for you, they will come in. And I won't let them in before I learn the secret, you hear me? That sound, Mr. Jeffrey, it's like something
12: uh, burning. Do you hear? It's been getting louder and
9: louder. Well, stop. I've got to find the secret of that warmth. Fifteen centuries of war. Mr. Uh, Jeffrey, it's the constable. I don't care. I don't care. Open up! Open up, Mr. Jeffrey! Uh, you, you won't stop me, you fool! Open up, Mr. No. Jeffrey, in the name of the law. I've got a warrant uh, this time, good and proper. Uh, warrant? Oh no, no. Oh, Mr. Warren. Jeffrey, you ought to really no no no, no 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 no. I
11: I'm almost finished. Go away. Go away. Mr. Professor Thompson
9: from the museum. Mr. Jeffrey, I warn you. Open up or we'll break down the door. Mr. Jeffrey, I beg of you, No, no. No, no. They won't stop me. But I'm almost through.
12: I'm I am I've broken
9: through to the middle of my statue. I'll find out a secret. And no one else. My chisel's breaking through. Uh, it's, It's it's hollow. Breaking through. Uh, In a second I know! In a second I know! Oh. Oh. <laughs> help! Somebody help! <else. laughs> Mr. Jeffrey! What oh, Mr. Jeffrey? World. He's on fire! He's on fire!
11: All right, all right, men, quiet
9: down. There's nothing more we can do. Mr. Jeffrey is dead.
11: Such a horrible way no. to
9: die. It was the lantern. Set him afire, I guess. No, 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 it wasn't that. Hey, what, what say, Mr. Wellington? I saw it
12: all. A flame came out of the statue.
9: Oh, you ought to be a man. man.
12: No, I swear
11: it's the I
9: truth. It.
12: I saw it. Professor Thompson, you, you tell him.
11: What did you see as you came through the door?
9: There was a flame from it. But, really, But it. how can that be? Flame from a statue? And
10: the Romans went down to Egypt.
9: Professor,
11: tell us, what is it? What is this statue?
9: The lioness-headed goddess Sekhmet. Well? And they worshipped her as the goddess of fire.
10: Now, just a second, Mr. Obler. Are you asking us to believe that in the year of our Lord 1940, they could unearth a stone sarcophagus
1: containing a Roman fire goddess? ...capable of burning a man to death? Oh, come now. Well, is that any more difficult to believe... ...than that a small Austrian house painter... ...with a comedy mustache could try to burn up a world? You know, Frank... ...England is an island full of mysterious traces... ...of ancient civilizations. Have you ever heard of Stonehenge? Stonehenge? What's that? Well, it's a strange... (laughs) ...but I'll tell you about that in just a moment. And
10: ladies and gentlemen, I'll take that moment to remind you... ...if simply because of vitamin B and iron shortage... You're unattractively thin and nervous, unable to eat or sleep as you should, seldom feeling really peppy and alive. Then, for your own sake, try ironized yeast tablets. They cost but a few pennies a day. What's more, they're sold on a money-back basis. Listen, if you don't quickly begin to eat and sleep better, they feel much stronger and livelier. And if you're not convinced that ironized yeast will help you gain pounds of brand new flesh... The cost of the first bottle will be refunded to you in full by Ironized Yeast, Box IY, Rahway, New Jersey. Just be very sure you get the one and only Ironized Yeast, with IY on the package
1: and on each tablet. And now, Mr. Obler, you were about to tell us... Yes, about Stonehenge. Over in England, miles away from the cities, you're driving along, and suddenly as you come over a rise of the road, there are these tremendous archways and monuments of stone a strange semicircle of great stone pillars. Archaeologists say they've been there since prehistoric times, yet there are no stone quarries within hundreds of miles. No one knows how those blocks of stone got there and who or what put them there. These unsolved mysteries from out of mankind's past, who knows but that someday traces of our own civilization will be found, and then a super race of man will ask, were they men, these people of 1943? And now, what happens next week, Mr. Obler? Well, we were talking about a little Austrian house painter before, uh, Schickelgruber by name. Now, we all know how his warped ideas shook a world. Well, next week's story is about a boy, a college boy who also had a twisted idea, and with it, twisted a universe. The title, Oxychloride X. The time, next week. Yes, Lights Out
10: will come to you again next Tuesday at the same time. Be sure to listen to Arch Obeler's Oxychloride X. And... If you need more vitamin B and iron, be sure to try Ironized Yeast. The one and only Ironized Yeast. With the big letters IY on the package and on each tablet.
9: It is later than
7: you think.
1: Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Our Miss Brooks, followed by Hopalong Cassidy. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind
0: is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.